2: Back. Just kidding. Sports radio 1019FM. Alright, the postseason push is back on. <laughs> I'm joking. Keith McPherson on the fan, enjoying winning, right? Like, man, if it was this easy the whole season, if it was like this last month, <laughs> of course, the Yankees man. Of course, they have their longest winning streak of the year now when you feel like it doesn't matter, but it does matter because as I'm watching these games every night, literally you have to watch the game before you get on the radio and talk about the game like it's a better vibe. It's a complete different vibe, better energy. I do not care about the postseason. I do not care that they're out of it. or I I don't care if there's some of you that believe they can make a run at it. What I care about is they're playing baseball. They're finding ways to win and not blow games. That was the whole theme of this season, finding new lows, new rock bottoms, blowing games. The whole theme of this season was, all right, the Yankees are going to go up there, strike out a bunch of times, Three is the magic number. Remember me singing that? Because they couldn't score more than three runs. And uh, it just seems like now the Yankees have obviously, you know, done something different here with the kids. But, like, they, they've they woken up. We were in the Twilight Zone. We were in an uh, episode of Black Mirror all season. We were in this, like, weird dream. The New York Yankees, the 27-time champs. Like, these guys now, and I know they're playing the Tigers and when you see them sweep the Astros and you go look at what the Astros have done the last few games since playing the Yankees, that's baseball, Susan. It's bizarro world. Something weird has gone on. But at least these kids are playing with their hair on fire. They're hitting. They're fielding. T.W., T.W., the will to win is back. So that was a weird one tonight. And what I mean by a weird one, there was just like a, a lot of weird things. And I know I'm going to forget all the weird things. I was starting to put them in my notes. And I'm like, you know 877-337-6666. Someone's gonna call me and tell me. You know, like right away, um, right away, the Tigers score. So you start to think like, okay, maybe uh we're gonna get into a little bit of a game now. <laughs> the first call that pops up on the screen, you gotta believe. <laughs> we're gonna do that the rest of the way. I'm just gonna laugh it off. I'm just gonna I'm gonna have fun with it because it is fun. It's baseball. These guys are playing baseball. But, yeah, weird night tonight in the Bronx. Another hot, steamy, like, summer night. Less people there tonight than last night. There were over 31,000 last night. 30,000, just under 31 tonight for Clark Schmidt on the mound. And the Yankees roll out a bunch of the kids. Austin Wells' debut. And with there not being as many people in the stadium like, you can see it. You can see the spaces between the empty seats. But, uh, you know, fans are getting these home run balls. Yesterday, John Carlo 400. Um, today, Jason Dominguez, first Yankee stadium homer. Like, the fans are getting these home run balls without having to compete for them. If you want to go to the game, you can catch a home run ball and uh, not have to work too hard for it. But, yeah, right away in this game, the Tigers go up. But um, starting pitcher... From Detroit, Matt Manning only goes an inning because Giancarlo Stanton drills a ball off his foot. That guy fractured his foot tonight. That's one way to knock a pitcher out of the game. John Carlos Stanton hit that ball 119.5 miles an hour. That's the second hardest hit ball of the 2023 MLB season, and that just ended that man's season. He's done. Fractured foot, he, he's packing it up. That's it. That's his last game of the season. That's crazy. There was a lot of, like, flip-overs and sweet chin music and watch your face. I feel like I saw, like, three or four of those. I know Peraza was one. Torkelson was one, uh, where the ump said the ball hit his helmet, and then they had to stop the game to review that. I'm like, he's not taking his base. Why are we reviewing this? Whatever. These Both these teams are out of it. It doesn't matter. But the Yankees get win number 70. Yay! The Yankees get back above five hundred, Yay! And you just are happy to see guys putting bat to ball and making it happen. Multi-hit game for DJ LeMayu. Multi-hit game for Aaron Judge. Three-hit night for the alien kid. Gleyber Torres with a knock. RBI. Peraza. Peraza Palooza. It's back on. I was waiting for him to come around because he sucked the last... Two or three times they called him up. I think this is the third time. So the the last two times they called Peraza up, he ain't been good at the plate. But now that it doesn't matter and there's no pressure, the kid is settled in. He's found it. He looks more confident. You get a three-hit night from him. And like I said, they run the kids out there. I'm glad Oswaldo Cabrera is not the forgotten man. He gets to start in left field, moves over to right field. Um, Pereira comes in later in the game. So you're just seeing... The young Yankees, the Yankee Utes. I don't know if I'm really sold on that whole Yankee Utes name. I'd rather just just Baby Bombers 2.0 since Baby Bombers 1.0 failed. So Baby Baby Bombers 2.0 reincarnated, take two, whatever. Um, DJ Lemayu finding it. Whatever you feel about DJ, uh, folks call him DJ Uh, You know, I've called him the. You know, he's not the wa- the machine. He's the wash machine, the washing machine. But you know what? DJ has found something in these last couple weeks. I don't know if it's Sean Casey. I don't know if the pressure's off. I don't know if, you know, he just had to, you know, uh, update his software. DJ LeMayu is back to his old tricks again, and that gives you some hope for next year. Because he's not going anywhere. He's halfway through his six-year contract. It gives you some hope that this guy can be—I don't know if he's going to be the leadoff hitter, but he can be a serviceable serviceable player, like— he, there was times this season where he just didn't look right. And even when he did hit the ball, he was hitting it right at guys. He couldn't catch a break. Now he's doing what we saw him do in 2020 and 2019. So good for DJ. Judge, Judge not wearing the pink cleats ever again. But he had the all-white Jordans, the Air Jordan ones with the uh, black Nike swoosh. I like those for Judgy. I like those for Judgy. Wear those with the uh, pinstripes, not the all-black booby Miles Spikes, Jason Dominguez. I don't know what else to say about this kid. I've been saying the last couple nights the toothpaste is out of the tube, which basically I'm saying to the Yankee universe, Yankee fans, Yankee front office, Um, you can't put the toothpaste back in the tube now. The Martian has landed. He's not going back to Mars. He's here, and they're hyping everything up. The Yankee social team is great. They're calling it Area 161. Uh, extraterrestrials spotted. They're putting out all these posts and we will embrace the Martian. I like this alien kid a lot. He seems like he fits and he belongs and he's only 20 years old, but the pinstripes aren't heavy for that guy. And I know, I know these games don't mean anything. Maybe if he was called up in different circumstances, he might might not be having so much success, but I just think that that's his demeanor. I think that calm that he has is something they've talked about. It's not something that's going to change when the stakes are higher. He's only going to get better as he gets older, as he gets more comfortable. They asked him what did he like about playing in Yankee Stadium. He said that right field fence because he knows. Did you see the ball that he hit today? <laughs> this is a switch hitting Martian. This guy hit that ball today on a line to right center. He's going to do that a lot. He's gonna He's going to hit home runs in Yankee Stadium that he doesn't think are home runs and they're going to go, so looking forward to watching this alien kid next year. He should be the Yankees starting center fielder. Toothpaste is out of the tube. I don't want to hear anything in spring training about oh they're bringing in this this guy that was a journeyman or he's going to battle for the it's it's his. It's his job. Uh we saw this kid in spring training this year and he turned a lot of heads and a lot of us were saying, hey, he's not far away, but he struggled a little bit in the beginning of the season in double A and then he got it going and he crushed in triple A. He's here now. I expect Jason Dominguez to be in center field for the New York Yankees in 2024. We're going to have a lot of fun watching this kid's career. The Dominicans are lit. ha <laughs> I-, I can't wait to see how the Dominican flags come out. Shout out to my guy, Joe's McFly and Chris McFly. I was listening to Pinstripe Strong, and they were repping uh, De Lo Mio Personnel. I just, like, I love that we have this kid, and there's so much th- that we can do to market him uh, not even, you know, the Yankees have been doing it, but, like, the fans can embrace the Martian, all his alien stuff. Uh, Him being Dominican, it, it just, it's it's perfect. It's great. Only Mickey Mantle has hit three home runs as a Yankee over a five-game span at age 20 or younger. So this kid is already in rare air. Um, I'm with all the hype. Believe all the hype with Jason Dominguez. Uh, we got plenty of Yankee stuff to talk through the night. Clark Schmidt was rolling good for Clark Clark is the youngest guy in the rotation obviously you have Johnny Brito and Randy Vasquez who have made uh, appearances here and there but you know when you looked at this rotation this year with Severino and Domingo Herman and obviously Garrett Cole and Nestor Cortez and Carlos Rodon Clark Schmidt was a huge question mark but he's had a solid year and he's come along and he's pitched more innings this year than he has in his career and he's still doing it he was rolling I think he retired like 16 in a row uh, at one point, good for Clark because we're going to rely on that guy next year. He's in the rotation next year, 27 years old in his third season. Like Clark has found it, and I'm happy for Clark Schmidt. Um, G- Greg Weissert, Bud Weissert. Greg Weissert, where was he? He comes back, and he gets the job done. Another young Yankee, a Fordham product. I don't know how old Weissert is, but he's definitely in these young Yankees. He's 28, so he's not young Uh, But he's still early in his career. He debuted last year. So I don't know. It's just positive energy, positive vibes. Enjoy it, right? If you're you're a Yankee fan and you love the Yankees like I do, you're going to watch the game. And how miserable were we watching nine losses in a row? Watching them win now, it kind of pisses me off. Like, they blew a lot of games in that losing streak and and last month and the month before that, where now, of course, they're going to get hot, right? And they'll probably... Close that gap on the wild card and be like three games out. And it will make you think about all of the games. I even put in my notes today, I'm like, go back and look at all the games that they had leads and they gave it up. And then go back and look at how many games they lost by a run or two. That like they should have won or could have won. But I don't know. They had Aaron Hicks in the game or they had Josh Donaldson in the game or they pinch hit somebody in the wrong spot. Or they had to pitch this guy or whatever. It doesn't matter, but that's just stuff that baseball fans do at the end of the season when the Yankees come up short of the postseason. We're going to go look at the season and look back at games that they should have had and say this team, despite the roller coaster that they were on, could have actually gotten into October. And our other team here in New York, the New York Mets, another close game. The Yankees win 4-3 and hold on, but the Mets face the Nationals, who the Nationals are scrappy, man. Their record is right around the Mets record. Uh, these guys are jockeying for fourth and fifth place in the East. And the Nats get one tonight. C.J. Abrams back in the lineup. Uh, he ties the game 2-2 late. And, uh, the, you know, the Washington Nationals take this 3-2. to two. They, they walk it off. And, you know, good for them, whatever. There's a rubber match tomorrow. But I think, you know, you look at the starting pitching that the that the Mets are getting. You got to be cool with that. You got to look at the starting pitching and say, okay, we're, we have some guys that are pitching decent. Um, and then you got to look at the kids too. The kids are playing, and you're getting to look at the baby Mets, and you're getting to see these young guys go out there and hit and play. Mauricio had two hits. Uh, Vientos had a hit. Beatty had a hit. And you take the L, but it's a close loss. And you come back tomorrow. You fight the good fight. And you try and win a series against a team in your division, uh, that you want to finish behind you in the division. Another thing I saw with the Mets, Francisco Alvarez speaking English in interviews. You know, I don't know the guy, but I, I'm I'm proud of these guys when I see these guys putting that effort um you know to, to speak English. It's a second language. I don't know about you, but I can only speak English. I, I don't have a se- second language, so I respect anyone. That is trying to do that on top of being a Major League Baseball player. So, uh, Steve Gelbs interviewed him last night and he said that they did like a private interview so that he could practice. And then uh, he was with the translator and and he started, you know, speaking on his own in English, answering the questions. If you were just listening to the Yankees post game, you heard Oswald Peraza, you know, a little broken English, but trying to speak. And um, I remember Glaber Torres doing that. I remember Gary Sanchez never doing that, but then saying that he wants to make sure that, you know, he says everything correctly and doesn't make a mistake. It is what it is. Uh, my favorite baseball movie is Pelotero. And in Pelotero, they show you these kids in the Dominican, as they're training, as they're practicing throwing and running and catching and swinging, they're also going to the classroom to learn English, to prepare themselves for Major League Baseball. So I I respect that out of Francisco Alvarez. That was something that I saw earlier today. I was like, I want to mention that. Props to that kid for understanding that he's the future catcher of the Mets, face of the franchise. And even at his young age, he understands that, you know, it'll be better for him, his teammates, for his brand, if he can speak English and communicate with the fans. 877-337-6666. Okay, we spoke on the Yanks. We spoke on the Mets. But tomorrow is the NFL kickoff. I'm so excited. Finally, you know, just one game will change what we're talking about here on the fan. Just one game will change the feelings of so many of us because the NFL is king. We love the NFL. And right away tomorrow, there's fantasy, there's parlays, and there's just a ripple effect with different things. Like Travis Kelsey's not going to play. Chris Jones is not signed. Uh, I saw one of the DBs for the Lions isn't going to play. But, like, are you betting the Lions? Can the Lions go into Arrowhead and knock off the defending champs and the MVP? Uh, Like, last night I was talking about who I'm betting on the first touchdown. Noah Gray, Justin Watson. Like, there's some guys that you could actually make some bank on first touchdown if it's Mahomes. And then on the other side, too, with the Lions, I'm just so excited tomorrow to watch an NFL game again. We wait so long, right? February to September feels like forever, longer than the baseball offseason because the baseball offseason, you've got, I don't know, Dominican Winter League, you got the winter meetings, and then spring training comes right back around in February. It's really not that long. It's just December and January. Football is really all of February, March, April, May, June, July, August. You get preseason, but really, it's it's a long offseason, so we're back. I don't usually do predictions, but I think— by the end of the night tonight, I'll, I'll pick some winners, division winners, and maybe I'll try to guess, you know, the record of the Jets and the Giants. And then we'll look into week one. Um, we'll definitely look into Lions-Chiefs, but we'll look into the week one matchups. And I'll tell you what I think. If you value my opinion and you think I know something about football or the NFL, then, I don't know, take some notes and uh, take it as you will. I wouldn't follow any of my gambling advice. I, You know, I put out a, a post over the weekend I cashed on Florida State and I had a bunch of people hit me up like yo why are you sharing this bro why? Are you? I'm like you know why I don't share like I only share the wins because if I actually shared the amount of bets that I put in that lose you would all be mad and you wouldn't you wouldn't actually probably put in the one bet that I put in that cashes so I keep it to myself I'll show you when it goes green uh but I think this year I'm going to do a anytime touchdown, like I'll probably give you like five guys a week that you can even bet. uh, You could parlay them or you could bet them individually, guys that I think are definitely going to find the end zone every week. So I plan on doing that. I got a new intro song in the works for NFL season. I'm so pumped for football to start. I heard Tiki Barber today say that most people would take Daniel Jones over Dak Prescott. I was like, "Wait, wait a minute, Tiki. I get it. He's got the contract. I get it. We're excited. But Dak Prescott has been doing this for years. And I understand Dak is coming off of throwing 15 interceptions. But there's not a large amount of people that would take Daniel Jones over Dak Prescott. But you know what it is, man. It's it's time for the hot takes. And and Tiki was down at uh, DJ's in Belmar pumping up Daniel Jones. And he's a former Giant. That's what he's supposed to do. And the same thing with Morash and Lugie. And then even with the Jets with uh, with Evan and BT. This is the time. Everybody's O and O. Believe and and talk the talk. And like BT's leaning into the hard knocks and Aaron Rodgers and Dalvin Cook and all the hype. Lean into it because it's gonna come crashing down at some point for the Jets and the Giants. It could be week one. They both could lose week one on national television to division rivals. And I think we're missing that, right? We're missing how tough the division is for both of these teams. As we're talking Super Bowl, as we're expecting playoffs, their division could eat them alive. Eight seven seven three three seven sixty six sixty six. 337 6666 There are plenty stories around the NFL. I don't know if you saw Chandler Jones' Instagram and his situation with the Raiders. I don't think he's going to play week one. He's got baby mama drama with the GM and head coach involved. We'll get into that a little bit later. Uh, another News story that came out today. I was hoping that Nick Bosa didn't play week one because I want Kenny Pickett to survive that first game. But now, Nick Bosa has become the highest-paid defensive player in NFL history. Five years, $170 million. They get that deal done. $122.5 million guaranteed. That's what you get for uh, Defensive Player of the Year. And my pick for Defensive Player of the Year is Micah Parsons. I should probably put that bet in between now and tomorrow. Micah Parsons knows... He knows he's getting paid. If Nick Bost is getting $34 million a year for five years, Micah Parsons knows. So they asked Micah Parsons and Giants fans, you're going you're gonna to see the line real soon. Micah Parsons said, I'm super happy for Nick. He really showed why he's the best player in the league last year. It gives you something to chase, man. Not in terms of his contract, but in terms of how great he was. He knows that I'm coming for him. He even said, I won this year, and I know you'll be coming for it next year. And I said, you're damn right. I think Micah Parsons is going to win defensive player of the year. He's just going to be an edge rusher and the line is always hungry. Uh, that's my favorite player in the NFL right now. I just think he's a beast. I don't think anyone can block him. Andrew Thomas get ready for that. Uh, Jackson Smith and Jeeba. He had ankle surgery in August. He's cleared to go in week one. I should have drafted him in fantasy. I think it's going to be him and, and DK Metcalf. Uh, Tyler Lockett's getting up there in age. He's A little smaller receiver. That kid coming out of Ohio State is legit. All these receivers coming out of Ohio State are legit. Garrett Wilson, Marvin Harrison Jr. uh, next year. Romeo Dobbs and Christian Watson, they're not going to play week one. So I guess they're going to be running the ball. Aaron Jones, Tote the Rock, uh, A.J. Dillon, split some carries. Jordan Love, good luck to you in Green Bay. Cooper Cup, you guys know, is out. All this stuff is important for fantasy and important just going into week one. I already said Travis Kelsey, like, these things can sway the game. They can change the game. They also can change how you bet. Like, if you know Cooper Cup is out, load up on Van Jefferson or Tyler Higbee or other options for Matt Stafford to throw the ball. Matt Stafford came out and said he's not worried about his wife's comments. His wife has a podcast. Doesn't everyone? Everyone's got a podcast now. His wife's got a podcast. She came out and said that he was struggling to connect with the young kids on the team. That after practice, they all go to their phones, they're on TikTok, they're on social media. When he came into the league back in like 2010, 2011, guys were playing cards, guys were huddled up, talking, figuring out plans to go eat dinner and bond after practice. These young guys don't do that now. They're on the internet. But he said he didn't care. He, he tried to make a joke out of it. He said he was going to come in with some uh, glasses on and a newspaper for the uh, press conference today. He said he couldn't find a newspaper anywhere. And that's how he knows we're in the future. But he'll be just fine. And he doesn't care what his wife had to say. The Jets. The J-E-T-S. just just just. I cracked up watching uh, Evan and, and Tiki today when Morash came in with the news that the Jets worked out Kenny Galladay. <laughs> and they all cracked up. Because... Evans thinking, oh, don't tell me it's an injury. Don't tell me Aaron Rodgers or Dalvin Cook or somebody's hurt. No, just that the Jets are working out local receivers like Kenny Galladay and Jeff Smith uh, that are you know in the area, former Giants. You know nothing really, you know, to, to come of that. Uh, but the last story that I saw, and these stories are connected in the NFL, and we'll talk about them. There's plenty. Well, two stories. Uh, I think it's funny that Sean Payton told Russell Wilson to stop kissing babies. And I think him and Sierra have another baby on the way, so that's impossible. He's definitely going to be kissing babies. Russell Wilson is all about his brand and his image. And uh, that's going to be an interesting dynamic there. I know the Jets can't wait to play them. Quarterbacking in the NFL is interesting. The Arizona Cardinals cut Colt McCoy, a veteran, a solid quarterback. And they're going with Josh Dobbs, who they just traded for a week ago as their starting QB. Clayton Toon, a rookie, out of Houston, will be the backup. I I don't know exactly what they're doing in Arizona, uh, but they're going to lose games. And Caleb Williams, the reigning Heisman Trophy winner, quarterback from USC, him and his dad have come out to basically say, uh, yeah, well, <laughs> if Arizona's going to tank and lose that dysfunctional organization and franchise, my, my kid can return to USC for a year. He doesn't have to go to the NFL and and land in a messed-up situation. His father, Carl Williams, said that, you know, if he doesn't like the environment, he's going to go back to L.A. funky thing about the NFL draft process is he'd almost be better off not being drafted than being drafted first. And you know what's funny? They left out the whole reason why this kid could do that, because it's not about money anymore. These NIL deals have made these college kids millionaires. They have money in the bank. They have bankroll. They don't have to rush to the NFL. Later on tonight, if you're still listening to my show in like an hour, 90 minutes, I had an interview with Donald De La Hay today, AKA Destroying. He's the kid that was kicking at UCF. He was a kicker at UCF. He started to get popular on social media and YouTube. And before all of the NIL deals, the NCAA came to him and they said, You can't be making money off of YouTube showing your college dorm, showing the campus, using the fact that you're an NCAA. Athlete to profit that goes against our rules. So he had a choice to make and he made the right decision. I think this kid is worth millions now. And I got to interview him today as a part of YouTube's uh, Sunday ticket promo. We'll talk about that later. I'll play the interview later. He was super cool. I'm a fan of his. And we obviously talked about uh, the upcoming NFL season, the landscape of college football. We obviously hit on Deion Sanders, Coach Prime, and Colorado, the Buffaloes, what they're doing out there. He went to visit them. And they're shaking up college football right now. Everybody's talking about Deion and what they're doing. And what I said to him was none of this would be possible for Deion Sanders right now without the transfer portal, NIL deals, and social media. Think about it. 877-337-6666. That's my open. There's plenty to talk about. KM to 2 a.m. This is Keith McPherson, your nighttime host on The Fan. We'll be back after this.
0: Welcome!
2: Welcome. The Casamigos Big Shot of the Night is brought to you by Casamigos Tequila. Casamigos Tequila is brought to you by those who drink it. Tonight's Casamigos Big Shot of the Night goes to the alien kid, the Martian, Jason Dominguez. Well done, 89. Gotta get that kid another number. But he put up numbers again tonight. He's batting 333. He's doing historic things. I already gave you the Mickey Mantle reference. Uh, this guy hit his first Yankee Stadium homer on a line. <laughs> his third career homer in five games. This kid's got a three-hit night tonight. He's making it look easy. He's catching the ball in center field casually. There is your Yankee center fielder of the future. There's your Ellie De La Cruz, your Julio Rodriguez, your Bobby Witt Jr., your Gunnar Henderson, uh, whatever you want to you know call him when you look around the league at these young, talented players, Michael Harris, that are playing. like That's the Yankees version of that. Jason Dominguez, your Casamigos, big shot of the night. So you're saying there's a chance. Just when I think I'm out, I'm still out. <laughs> but I understand. I, I, I see the math. The math ain't mathing. Like last night I was saying, the math ain't mathing with the percentage. You know, when when I was on last night, Fangraphs had the Yankees' percentage. Uh, let's go to Fangraphs again. It was less than uh, a one percent chance of making the playoffs. And um, I mean, I, I like that they're winning games. I just said to CMax, CMax, in here, he's he's here early. CMax is gonna have a great show tonight. I'm definitely gonna be up listening to CMax show. Um, I just said to C-Mac, I'm like, I can stomach watching the games. He said, yeah, they're making it interesting. Like, they are making it interesting the rest of the way, and, and I like that. Because if they just laid down with the kids, if they were just miserable to watch with the kids, if the kids all sucked, that would be terrible. I wasn't excited about the kids coming up because I just thought that the negative energy and uh, the bad vibe was going to continue, but no. Uh, kids do the darndest things. You never know. You know, the spark that comes From a young guy like the Martian and Pereira and Peraza and Volpe even, you know, getting to play with his buddy Austin Wells and Oswaldo Cabrera saying, hey, don't forget about me. I'm young too. It it, it lifts the whole team. It changes the whole vibe. And Yankee fans are still showing up. I know only 30,000 and 31,000, but Yankee fans that love the team and love going to the stadium are still showing up to see what these guys can bring to the table and make a run at it, please. Like, do that just even if you come up short it's fine i got off the roller coaster in july before judge came back i just like this this team is not worth it bro they 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 they're not doing it but guess what that this is not the team we're not watching jake bowers anymore we're not watching billy mckinney greg allen josh donaldson's not on this team harrison bader was terrible in his last stretch he's gone ikf ain't playing you know what i'm saying so this is different This is the future happening now. The future is now. This is the Yankees saying, okay, it it didn't work. This was a disaster, a fail of a year. The way that the team was constructed, September call-ups come, call the kids up and see what they can do. And right now, they're doing very well. They're doing pretty good. That's five wins in a row. That's the Yankees' longest win streak of the season. (laughs) Better late than never, huh? You know, uh, typical Yankees, right? Typical Yankees. 2016, I'm blanking on, but I do remember going to those games. I do remember Batance's blowing a game late, and I think it was against the Dodgers. But I remember Gary Sanchez coming up and us believing then. Oh, and, and they came up short. But this is this is different, you know. Katie Sharp just put out there about an hour ago the Yankees are eight and one in their last nine games. That's their most wins in any nine game span this season. And you know what we were saying? Before they lost nine in a row, we were saying they just gotta go on a run. They gotta win eight out of ten. They just gotta go on a winning streak, a, a six, seven game win streak. And they did the opposite. They blew that game in Miami, which, like that, that game, they just they lose on Friday, they lose on Sunday, they ruin your weekend. That game in Miami had me sick to my stomach. And I and I was already off the roller coaster. I just was like, I can't believe Clay Holmes can't feel this position. They don't know what to do in the heat of the moment. But that's in the past now. That's done. The kids are here. They're figuring it out. The pitching has has been solid, too. Like, you have to say that. We're all talking about the kids and what they're doing at the plate and, you know, Paraz or whatever. But the pitching has been solid. So finish the rest of the season out strong, right? Aaron Boone said they're they're focused on kiss, kick. I was about to say kiss. they're focused on kicking ass now yeah uh, that should have been the focus the whole way but better late than never 877-337-6666 let's talk to you Rocco's in Saratoga Rocco you must have been waiting in line before I even said a word what's up man you, you know it. You know it. I
0: got, hey, you got to believe I, I was waiting in line for you to come on. The alien invasion has struck. The Yankees have the young aliens with my favorite Martian leading the pack. Hey,
2: John How's Sterling he with the great call. Did you hear John Sterling's call for Jason he's Dominguez? Absolutely. <laughs> the
0: Martian has landed and he's launched it. He's launched it, my friend. Yes. Talk about alien invasion! We've got him at the stadium. At the stadium, you got to be feeling it, Keith. Throw the analytics out the window. Yeah, get feeling the just game. Just play
2: baseball. Go out there and compete. See the ball hit the That's ball, it. like Peraza just said. Yeah, I'm watching, and I'm and I'm with it. I mean, I'm not. I'm not like I'm. I'm off the roller coaster, so I'm in Six Flags, and I'm watching this end of the ride. Like, oh, I didn't know there was this twist and turn. Let's win, see where it goes.
0: Win, win baby, win. That's win winning you cures do. all. You don't have to worry about anything else but winning. Winning cures
2: all. Brian Cashman, you're cured of the fire Cashman stuff. I remember saying last week or two weeks ago, thanks for the call, Rocco. I'm like, they planned fire Cashman night for September 22nd. It ain't going to work. <laughs> it's not going to hit the same then. Why would you plan it for so far out? Fire Cashman was a month ago. When Cashman didn't do anything at the deadline. Fire Cashman night should have been planned for the first, second week of August. Now, you might as well cancel your Fire Cashman activities. Uh, You know, the shirts are not going to look right. The signs are not going to look right. I don't know who's going to have the balls to show up to Area 161 and chant Fire Cashman when Cashman is a part of the Yankees brass that decided, push the button, Send the Martian, Pereira, Peraza, Wells. Let's see these kids and see if they can inject any energy into the team and turn this season around at the end of the season just so we can at least feel better about things. And now there are Yankee fans that are beating the table saying, we have a chance. Like Rocco, you got to believe. And I'm not going to rain on your parade, however you fan, fan. Because you're supposed to enjoy this, right? It's supposed to be entertainment. It's supposed to be your break from reality. Like I said, I watch every single Yankee game. Even if it's Labor Day weekend, I have it on my phone. We go somewhere and it's not on. Hey, can you cut the Yankees on the TV? Keep the Yankees suck. I don't care. I'm a Yankee fan. I watch the game. I want to see these at-bats. I want to see how they play. And they've been playing pretty good. You know, I think it's hilarious how the Houston Astros... Had nothing for the Yankees over the weekend. But now they have had an offensive explosion. They're putting up double-digit runs every game since they faced the Yankees. Something went on, right? Space City, you couldn't have planned it any better. Houston, you have a problem. The Martian has landed in Space City. I I loved it. Uh, Let's play the John Sterling call. John Sterling had off uh, for the Houston series and off for the Detroit series in Michigan. But he's back at home, and he gets to see Jason Dominguez hit his first Yankee Stadium homer tonight. Let's play the call. And but there goes the right field. It is high. It is far. It is
1: gone. El Marciano. He's my favorite Martian. Jason Dominguez homers to right center, and the Yankees take a 2-1 lead.
2: Yeah, so <laughs> I the first thing I thought when I heard that, great, good job, John. And if you go to WFA and social media, Sterling Cam, they were on it. They put the video out. But I'm like, that's a nod to Chris Berman and the Jets. Jets fans remember the the younger ones don't, but the you know fans my age and maybe older remember Chris Berman and the highlights on ESPN when Curtis Martin would, would run the ball and he'd say, "Curtis, my favorite Martian." You remember that? No, rumbling, stumbling, bumbling. The Raiders, San Diego Superchargers. I don't really watch football. Never mind. Ben is in Wayne, New Jersey, on the fan. What up, Ben? Also, this a movie. I'm not sure if you know that, but anyway,
0: uh, I called because of the Yankees.
2: Say that again. Um, we, we didn't. We didn't hear you. You were a little choppy.
0: Oh, I'm sorry. My favorite Martian is a movie also. I'm not sure if you knew that.
2: Oh, I do know it is a movie, but I just know the, the, like, reference. That movie's got to be old. But the reference reminded me of – or John Sterling's call reminded me of Chris Berman's reference, and that's where Chris Berman got it from. I got
0: you. John Sterling's call was awesome, by the way. But um, I was at the game last night, not tonight. And that was my first game since before the All-Star break because I I haven't even been able to watch the games they've been playing so bad. Understandable. Last night night was crazy. Last year I went to, like, 20 games. This year I was on track for 20 until I stopped going. Um, And – Last night felt electric again. You could feel the electricity in the stadium and it just felt like something was going to happen and it it wound up being a great game.
2: Yeah, winning and historic homers and dum-dum-dum-dum and people catching these home runs and the Yankee fans that are still showing up. It seems like the Yankee fans that still show up, the Yankee fans that stay late in games always get rewarded, if you understand what I'm saying. It's like, you yeah. know, the games that the the average fan is like, ah, I'm not going to this game, ah, I'm not beat for this. Or the games where it's like, oh, the Yankees go down three runs, ah, I'm going to beat the traffic and go home. It's mm-hmm. always the Yankee fans that stick it out and stay till the end or the Yankee fans that show up even when the season's over and it doesn't mean anything, that get rewarded and they get to see a win, history, home runs.
0: Yeah, man, and just looking at the wild card standings and the way things have turned out, like the past few years, where there's always a team who gets hot and makes it. I mean, John Carlos Stanton can be John Carlos Stanton for these last few months. Like he seems to figure it out every year. I don't know.
2: I, mean, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know. I don't, like I don't know gotta... either. But. I, like, I'm never rooting for the Yankees to lose. Like, when I heard BT talk about it, I hope they bleed out. I hope they lose. When I hear Yankee fans, like, this is the best thing for the organization for them to lose. I'm like, you, you don't feel that? Like, when the Yankees lose, I lose. Like, I, I'm yeah, not. No, like I, I, don't,
0: 100%, I don't get that either.
2: I'm not rooting for them to lose. That's why I'm so pissed off that they lost nine in a row. Because that's yeah, a rough no, week. I hear, I hear
0: you, man. Like I said, I can't even watch the game. I watch it, and it's usually like the first inning, first or second inning, and the game's already over. There's nothing to watch. Yeah.
2: Yeah. That, that's done. That's it's done. They, they're, they're pitching. These kids are hitting. The energy in the clubhouse has clearly shifted. And if, if they believe... Who am I to tell the fan base not to believe? I personally just, I've been let down too much this season. I took a step out of this thing. I'm not stepping back in now. I'm not setting myself up for failure, but I am watching and I am rooting for the Yankees and I'm happy with what I'm seeing.
0: I hear you and I'm a huge South Carolina fan. So I'm really happy to see Clark Schmidt finally turning into Clark Schmidt and what he should be and what he can be.
2: Yeah, yeah it was rough for the guy last year in october the way that they used him try to deploy him like a great value michael king he's where he's supposed to be now when this kid got drafted what he was projected to be he's on his way to that he's going to be a starter in this rotation for the next few years to come and that's huge for the yankees that's that's big it's huge and
0: just the last thing i wanted to say um the one thing you said before, I really respect the hell out of players that try to learn English because I've tried to learn Spanish time and time over again, and I can't do it. So I really like that you brought that up before and, you know, the the whole thing you said about at least just them putting in the effort to try to say something in English, like, that shows a lot. I really respect players for doing that. Yeah, and yeah. The other thing you said, like, even if the Yankees don't win, like, Just the way they're playing right now, this is what we've been asking for the whole time. So, at least we get something for a little bit.
2: Yes, and like I said, it changes the energy. What a difference, you know, turning the month to September makes. No one's calling up, yelling about Cashman anymore, and they have the opportunity to end on a really high note. And the highest of notes would be salvaging the season and actually getting into the wild card, and who knows what happens after that but let's let's take it uh let's take it a game at a time, series by series, week to week, month to month. They better sweep these guys tomorrow cuz they couldn't do that in Michigan last week. Thanks for the call, Ben. 877-337-6666. I think I can get another call in, but yeah, uh you know, think about that. What what he said about, you know, the players speaking English. I like I said I can only speak English. I I'm not bilingual. English is my first and only language. I I still am working on my command of the English language. There's still times I read articles and words where I'm like, what is that word? It's hard. And these guys take that challenge on, on top of having to perform in a sport that's set up for them to fail. I can just like respect that. Francisco Alvarez, that like, that like warmed my heart to see that kid, you know, he 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 took Steve Gelbs to the side to practice. And then the next day, he he's trying, and and like I said, I mentioned Peraza. You heard Peraza talking to Susan, if you were listening to the post game. Glaber Torres, I remember him uh, working on his Spanish or on on his English. I know Gary Sanchez never did that, but Gary spoke on and said, "Listen, I like, you know, I'm asking, I'm answering serious questions. I want to get it right." Uh, to each his own, but definitely look up the movie Pelotero. That's the story of. Um, uh, why am I blanking on the name from the twins? I hate when I'm live and I know something, and I just said it's my favorite movie. Miguel Sano. I didn't even have to Google it. Um, Pelotero has Miguel Sano's story coming out of the Dominican Republic. They should have done one on Jason Dominguez. And then featured in that movie, very briefly, is Gary Sanchez, because they talk about you know Miguel Sano being the number two guy who's the number one. Gary Sanchez, he signed to the Yankees. He's not going anywhere else. Very interesting. But, yes, props to Francisco Alvarez and any of these young Latin players that understand how many people are watching, how many fans are listening. And, yes, you do have an interpreter, but you can take your brand to another level and you can connect with the fans on another level when you speak English. I can commend that. I only know one language. Jonathan in New Jersey, last call before we break and uh, go into the next day. What's up, John?
0: Hey, doing, Keith?
2: I'm good, man. The Yankees are winning five in a row. Yeah. And when I look at the standings, they've won eight out of their last ten. Boston has lost seven out of their last ten. Texas has lost yeah. seven out of their last ten. Like, it is what it is, but, you know. Yeah, I'm just curious. Do you have, like, a feeling they're making the playoffs this season? No, I don't have that feeling. I, I, I'll i tell you, like, you know why? Because, like, looking at the schedule coming up, I, and I don't want to even go there. I just want to kind of live in the moment and stay because we've done that. we You know, we've, we've been projecting all season. We've been looking down the road all season. Let's enjoy it. Let's enjoy the fact that they are winning and that these young kids that are the future of the franchise are contributing right away, that they're ready right now, and the vibe has changed. And we can watch the game. We can stomach the game. we We're watching the game, and it's, like, I feel like I have – Yankees baseball back in my life. What we were watching in August and earlier this season was not Yankees baseball. They were out of game so fast, or the games that they were in, they were blowing them at the end. It like that has changed. It's done. Let's just I don't want to get too far ahead of myself. Maybe week three of the NFL season, let's revisit the are they gonna make the postseason. But I like if that if that's what you're thinking, good for you. But me as a host on WFAN at night and a Yankee fan, I just don't want to go too far and I'm documented as saying, I'm off the roller coaster. Whatever happens, happens. I'm detached. Yeah, it
0: just just pissed me off when they were losing nine in a row, like, every day. Come on.
2: It it, it was embarrassing, you know? And like I said, I'm like, I'm I'm wearing my Yankee gear again. But I pushed it to the back of the closet because, I don't know, I'm the type of person that anyone in my friends, family, even strangers, now I'm starting to get recognized by people. I can't even wear Yankee gear outside. And while the Yankees are this bad— you know, I go to the bodega, I go pick up a slice of pizza, and so hey, what's up with your Yankees, man? Bro, like, leave me alone. Yeah. yeah. They're playing very well these days. Yeah, know. now, now right there's now. plenty to talk about. This alien kid, I could talk about Jason Dominguez for five hours. We could do a five-hour KM to AM on Jason Dominguez. Right.
0: you have any clue when, like, Nestor's coming back or he's done for the season?
2: Nestor's done for the year. And it's funny you mentioned Nestor. Thanks for the call, Jonathan. Earlier this year, you know, when Nestor came back, and Nestor's my dog. Shout out to Nestor, like, on a personal level. Like, I actually got to hit Nestor and text him. Ne- like, Nestor is a brand and, like, a mascot for the Yankees. The mustache, nasty, Nestor, the, like, Super Nintendo Mario uh, cartoon of him. And, you know, the fan showing up with mustaches. Like, I felt like the Yankees were missing that. Obviously, we have that with Judge, but, like, People don't show up with gavels and these like cloaks and like the white wigs anymore. No one, no one is dying to go sit in the judges' chambers. Like judge has been with us long enough that that kind of wore off. But Nestor in this last you know year since Nestor was an all star that was fresh like the mustache, nasty Nestor, the cleats, all of that. And then you know Nestor's season didn't go the way that we expected. He came back for a game, got shut back down. We don't, we didn't have that. We we're missing that element. Um, since the Yankees don't have a mascot, I always feel like they need something. There's so many years that there's been like all the players shaving their beards to have a mustache or um, you know, the horse head uh, that they had years back. I'm I'm forgetting some of the things now that they've had over the years, but they've always had some type of either mascot or rally cry or something. Now they have the Martian and everybody's leaning into the alien stuff, the ET extraterrestrial stuff. And I love it. This kid has a brand around himself and He's worth the hype. He's living up to the hype. Let's just enjoy it. Take it game by game. The Yankees have to sweep the Tigers and then get ready to face the first-place Milwaukee Brewers this weekend. 877-337-6666. My football calls stay on hold. I will get to you. we got to switch studios. This is Keith McPherson on the fan. I'll say good morning on the other side. We'll be right back.